I said to you many years ago when I was in deeper life, our pastor then, Pastor Komiyu, will say that uh, the most difficult Bible verse to obey is humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exhort you in due season. And he said the reason is because you don't know due season. And when people don't know due season, they're always in a hurry. Come on, are you with me? Waiting periods are the most challenging times in the life of Christians. And the question is this, why does God ask us to wait? Why? Uh, one of the pastors asked me that within the week. And I told him that the waiting period is actually the whole essence of the promise. The, the, the essence is not the manifestation. The essence is a waiting period. Is a time you develop divine character and characteristics. That's why people who, when their waiting period is going on, who are not busy building divine character and divine characteristics run into trouble. In the waiting period, you are forced to build a relationship with God. Are you with me? That's why God allows a waiting period. There are some men and women today who are prayer warriors just because the baby was delayed for some time. Within that time, they began to seek God. Some of them, they were not born again, came to church. And their lives began to change. Their character and commitment to God began to change. By the time they got their baby, walking with God is already a habit. Come and talk to me. The same thing financially, the same thing in other areas. So what do you do when the promise of God is not immediate? Well, if you do nothing, you will wait long for results. You got to do something. You got to do something. You got to do something. Hello? I was talking to somebody uh, within the week. And she said, well, pastor, I've been sick for five years. And uh, I've gone here. I've gone here. I've gone here. And I said, so you now you have come to add me to the list of where you have gone to. I said, okay, in five years, what book have you read on healing? Not one. I, I'm not joking, not one in five years. I said, you're educated. And you are not stupid. And five years you've been suffering sickness. And it never occurred to you to buy a book on divine healing. And find out how healing works. Five years you've been without a child and you've never read a book on how God gives women children. Five years you've been without a job and your business is not going well and you're educated. It never occurred to you to buy a Christian book on prosperity. I said, I won't be you. You don't love yourself. You see, you got to do something. If you don't do nothing, your waiting time will increase. Secondly, if you mismanage the waiting season, you abort the expected harvest. You don't mismanage your waiting season. You keep sin away. You keep rebellion away. 
God could plan something for you and you abort it. And God will not cease to be God. If you are with me, say yes. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, from verse 5 to 13, you see Saul, when Saul mismanaged his waiting season. Samuel told Saul, wait for me seven days, I am coming. Unfortunately, by the seventh day, for one reason or another, Samuel didn't come on time. And then Saul was agitated. And Saul decided to do something stupid and canal. And Samuel appeared after. I said, Saul, what have you done? Why did you do this? He said, God's plan was to establish the kingdom in your hand. He said, but by this foolishness of not waiting well, the kingdom will not stay in your family again. I don't know what God has promised you. And I don't know how you have managed your waiting season. But I pray for you this morning that anywhere you mismanaged it, may God show you mercy. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. So what do we do in our waiting season? We take responsibility to walk our faith until the faith works out the miracle. That's what to do. When God gives you a promise and the promise has not happened instantly, you take responsibility to walk your faith. Faith is not just believing something. Faith is what you do when you believe. And that's why we call it a faith process. Somebody say faith process. Faith process is you taking a journey of faith. Going from belief until result. So, God said to you, I'm going to give you Twins. Wonderful. Okay, so you waited for three months. You didn't see the twins. He didn't make God a liar. He didn't make the man of God a liar. He didn't change anything. What do you do? You take responsibility to walk with God step by step by step by step until you see your answer. God promised you a husband. Before the year is over, great. So January is over, nobody proposed. February, nobody proposed. April, nobody proposed. May, nobody has proposed. How have you taken responsibility to walk with God until you see result? The whole responsibility for your miracle is not in the man of God. It is in you. You are a child of God. Lift up your right hand. And let me hear you shout, I am gateway. I will not miss or mess up my visitation in 2017. When your amen rises, take your portion. So you walk a faith process. And then you get your answer. And last week we talked to you on five ways to claim a promise from God. Today we continue by telling you five things that hinder a faith process. Five things that make people not to be able to walk with God and walk out their blessing. The first one is this. Spiritual blackout 
caused by a sense of victimization. The second one, ignorance of the dynamics of a faith process. They don't know how a faith process works. The third one, fixation on the enormity and difficulty of a problem. They put their eye on how big their problem is. The fourth one, trying to operate faith without covenant obedience. They want God to bless them, but are not walking in obedience to the word and will of God. The fifth one is spiritual laziness and lack of persistence in prayer. Let's look at your service. Spiritual blackout caused by a sense of victimization. Do you know that sometimes unforeseen circumstances can leave people in shock? Do you know that? Do you know there are some people that when something strange happens, they just go into shock? Anybody remember the wife of Job? The wife of Job was a sweet sister in church until business went down. You're not with me. She was the greatest worshiper in the church because her husband was the richest guy in church until suddenly business was gone. Everything was messed up. Now, Job's wife didn't backslide and go into fornication and adultery. Job's wife was in shock. Somebody say shock. And when people are in shock, everything they learned about God evaporates. Everything. You know, Pastor James just gave a testimony now. He said, I saw them and I decided to be calm. If he panicked for one second, he won't be hearing the testimony. The first thing we have done is tell the wife, oh, there are people that are pursuing us, so, and then tension rises in the car. Come and talk to me. And I came back to the house. You see, listen, when a believer walks out there, you just got married, you are prayed, you are fasted, you believe this is the will of God for you. You finish your wedding. One month, no baby. Six months, no baby. One year, no baby. You walk over to the doctor, and the doctor finishes a diagnosis. Finishes some x-rays and tests and scans and all that. And say, this is what is wrong. If you're not careful, the first thing is shock. When they show you you have hepatitis or you have HIV or there's cancer or there's one thing or another, the first thing is shock. And when a man goes into shock, everything you know about faith walks away. That's why people run into trouble. Victimization mentality keeps shouting, it is not fair, it is not fair. Why should I suffer this? Why should I go through this? Excuse me. Calm down. As long as you are in shock over that young man who wants to walk away from you, over what your husband is doing, over the situation that is going on, you can't manage it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter said, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't think anything strange. It takes spiritual toughness, spiritual maturity and mental toughness to survive life's shock. You need to mature. You need to grow up. A victim mentality will shut down the anointing. 
Remember when David was in Ziklag in 1 Kings chapter 30. And the Bible said the Amalekites have attacked their camp and taken the wife and children captive. And when they came back, everybody was in shock. And they cried and cried until there was no more strength to cry. But the Bible says quickly, David arrested his emotion. And the Bible said, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Somebody say, I will encourage myself. So they gave you a report you don't like. And devil says, is this how you are going to die? You cried for two, three minutes. And then you gather yourself and say, people like me don't die like this. I can't hear your amen. But when you are in shock, you can't react. Look at when John the Baptist was arrested. As great as he was, he ended into shock. He sent a message to Jesus. Are you the one to come or do we wait for another? It was the same John the Baptist who pointed at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. It was the same John the Baptist who told his disciples, God told me, anybody you see the Holy Ghost descending upon his head like a dove, that is the Messiah. Now, his life is in danger. And then he's questioning everything he believed. Spiritual shock. It shuts down anointing. It gives you mental blackout. You begin to behave like a fool. You begin to act as if God died. You begin to act as if faith doesn't work again. You begin to behave as if the Bible is not true. Because they showed you a stupid medical report. But we've all seen medical reports before. And we have seen God change reports. I can't hear you. Amen. And I declare over you, your own is changing. Why do people go into spiritual shock? Let me see, give you six reasons why people manifest a victim attitude. The first one is natural immaturity and deficiency in coping skills. There are people who are just immature. They have no coping skills. You marry a husband like that, you have a basket case in your hand. You marry a wife like that, your marriage is a mess. Any small thing, the person breaks down. No, you're not with me. If you're with me, say yes. Can you imagine a husband who landlord is coming? There's no money in the house. And she is the head of the house. They want to comfort the wife and tell the wife, don't worry, God will do this. And he's the one who woke up in the morning crying. The house don't finish. Come on, are you hearing me? Deficiency in coping skills. Second one is this. Unbiblical understanding of covenant entitlements. You know there are people who think that because they paid their tithe and gave a vow and paid offering and whatever, that nothing challenging will ever happen again. They believe that because they prayed and fasted, that sickness will never attack. So whenever something that is negative comes, they feel like, ah, how can this happen? But I'm a child of God. But I'm a child of God. This thing doesn't happen to good Christians. No, sir. It's happening to you because you're a human being. You're living in a fallen world. Are you hearing me? Don't misunderstand the Bible. I know there are some faith teachers who make you believe that the moment you become a Christian and you are obedient to God, everything works well. But that faith teacher is a liar. Because even in his home, there are challenges. Come and talk to me. 
There are times Satan attacks his children, attacks his wife. He lays hands on them and rebukes the devil. Come on, is anybody hearing me? There are sometimes Satan enters his assistant to mess up the church. He prays and God averts that. There are things that come against them. So that you're a Christian. Uh -uh. If the church of Jesus can suffer attack, who are you? If you hear me say yes. The third thing is inconvenient timing of life's emergencies. How many of you know that many things that are emergencies in life come against us at the time that's inconvenient? Huh? No, you didn't hear me. Sometimes the time you hear a bad news is the worst time you can ever hear it. Uh -uh. If you're here, say yes. That's what leaves people in shock. Can you imagine a student who is about to have an exam tomorrow and it's today that he's having fever? That emergency is not a good one. I don't think you are getting what I'm talking about. It's inconvenient. And then the shock comes. Can I pass this exam? What will happen? How am I going to cope? This and that. And then suddenly the person begins to get stressed up. You know what the person does? Begins to take overdose of drugs. Trying to make sure he's cured immediately. And may not write that exam again. When did you hear of your mother being sick? When they threatened you in the office? When you lost your job? When some things happened? That's, you know when he wants to rain, he will pour. Oh, come and talk to me. That's how the devil does it. And then that's why people lose concentration. The fourth thing is unrealistic comparison with problem-free people. That's why people go into shock. They say, other people are not going through that. <laughs> you don't know us. You only know your own house. You don't know the other person's house. Anybody hearing me? You know, you know, you know, people are just funny. People are just funny. Hello? Do you know that there are women when they're going through marital crisis, in their mind, they are the first woman to ever go through that. No, you didn't hear me. Oh, your husband cheated on you. Eh, sorry, yeah. Oh, you are the only woman husband has ever cheated on. You are listening, you are looking at me funny. If you hear me say yes, yes. calm down. Others survived it. You can survive it. Your marriage doesn't need to become a wreck because of that. Am I talking to somebody here too? You lost your job, sir. Hey, since Adam was created, you are the first one to lose job. Hey, your case is a special case. Oh, come on. Come on. Stop acting as if you are the first person that fell jam. Am I talking to somebody here too? The first person they didn't give visa, whatever it is. You know, the first person they found cancer in the body. You have had HIV here, you have had hepatitis here, you have seen eyes open, you have seen legs chained, you have seen all manner of things happen in this church. Even wombs that we are damaged, healed, and produced children in this house. How can your own not happen? Stop panicking. God hasn't died. I can't hear your amen. The fifth one is detachment from spiritual covering and support system. There are people that quickly detach from every spiritual covering. That's why they panic. Hello? 
If you are with me, say yes. yes. If you are with me, say yes. yes. Listen to me. Everybody here, please listen. As much as we try to make you independent and to teach you to brew strength and faith on your own, there are some of the people that come to church who are not wise. There are some people that can stay in church for one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years. They've never one day walked up to their man of God and say, Sir, I really came to introduce myself. Even if you took you one month to get an appointment, I just want you to know me. Could you add me to your prayer list? Is there anything you can do for me? I just came to introduce myself to you. And when I mean man of God, I don't just mean the lead pastor. There are many other pastors there. There are many other people in the church. Why won't you do that? Why are you absent of spiritual covering? Why are you that intelligent? Hello? If you're here, say yes. No, 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 don't do that. And don't say pray from a support system. There are people, the moment they get offended, they back away from friends. Back away from G12. Back away from one group or another in the church. They have no support system. So when something hits them, bam! Nobody to talk to. Hello? If you're here, say yes. Nobody to talk to. You are living a yeshua's life. Get on that spiritual covering. Get into a support system. Build up something that will stabilize you for tomorrow. When you hear me say amen. amen. The sixth one. Lack of sold out unconditional commitment to Jesus. Lack of sold out unconditional commitment to Jesus Christ. Anybody hearing my voice? If you hear me say yes. Sold out. Somebody say sold out. sold out. Do you know what we mean sold out? Do you know what we mean unconditional? Are you still here? Yes, Let me tell you what we mean. What we mean is very simple. That your relationship with God is not based on miracle or no miracle. That you have made up your mind. Though he slay me, I will trust him. No, you're not. If you hear me say yes. yes. That as far as you are concerned, this is a journey for good and for bad. You know, there are people that marry for better, for best. There are people that marry for all seasons. Yes, no, you didn't hear me. Yes, they say this marriage, we, our vow is for better, for best. You know, I hear religious people talk about that and I smile. Faith sometimes and foolishness can look alike. They didn't marry just for better, for best. Life goes through seasons. Challenges happen. Pressure happens. While I wish you continual joy and continual goodness, even when you see the bad times, God says stay. Because Paul talked about fiery trials that try us. He talked about our light afflictions that are for a season. Am I talking to somebody here today? There are things that can happen in your homes. Now when you say that in church, some people they believe you are not talking faith. But I've been in this longer than many of you. And I've proven faith to you consistently. And I don't make negative confessions. So when I'm talking to you about that, I'm teaching you sense. That's why Christians are panicky. 
uh, you know in this marriage no 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 i didn't come to marry for endurance i came to marry for enjoyment i understand that it's a good sentiment but it's foolish and immature to believe that enjoyment means that there's no seasons of shadow even god allows a night to pass through and the day to come again am i talking to somebody here too come down you say what do i do how do i set a faith process on course how do i make sure that my faith is alive and stays and produces result number one grow your faith through prayer through association through confession and through impartation grow your faith grow your faith grow your faith grow your faith through prayer through study of the word of god through association through confession of faith you keep confessing the word of god and through impartation grow your faith if you have kindergarten faith and you meet with a secondary school level challenge you are in trouble you are not hearing me if you hear me say yes believe me hello believe me let me tell you where i see it the most when some pastors that i know are about to get married the man has grown his faith for many years and then he finds one nice looking young lady in church who has no spiritual foundation all she has is legs and eyelashes you didn't hear me she has legs and eyelashes and he goes and marries her and then they get into ministry and then the things that fight pastors arise legs can't do that one eyelashes can do are you getting what i'm talking to you <laughs> the woman gets confused build their faith somebody say i will build i can't shout it louder i will build don't be careless <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and there's a young men here now who are planning to get married to legs and eyelashes i'm okay with you go ahead one day you'll come for counseling <laughs> let's go to the second point accept each life challenge as a faith challenge and intentionally assemble scriptures you will use to tackle it accept each life challenge as a faith challenge look up here there's a marital problem it's a faith challenge not a battle issue it's a faith challenge your wife is not behaving well it's a faith challenge your children are misbehaving if it's a faith challenge your business is not going okay it's a faith challenge is anybody hearing me here you have a friend and the friend is cutting you out of favor it's a faith challenge there's a challenge in your office it's a faith challenge listen 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 many people in church think that only healing is the faith challenge anything that comes against you in life is a faith challenge now accept it as a faith challenge and gather scriptures bible verses like a professional christian you are are you hearing me here today you are going through issues in your relationship you are about to get married and the whole thing is going through crisis and it's about to break get 10 bible verses 
gather you as intentionally search for them locate them let them be volatile missiles let them be corrosive agents are you hearing me here too? assemble them for confession assemble them to throw like grenades assemble them are you hearing me here today for meditation gather them and begin to use them for the battle no i can't lose my baby he said no shall cast their young no shall be buried in the land set and turn the fire you not in my house if you heard me say yes and you are declaring the word with power gather the scriptures intentionally number three are you ready for this teaching number three study every faith teaching about your challenge study every faith teaching about your challenge is there a financial challenge study it buy cd get messages study it intentionally you are fighting for your destiny don't leave it in my hand don't leave it in the hand of a prophet seven years fighting for your destiny how far have you gone don't leave it in the hand of a preacher Take responsibility. Number four, faithfully fulfill covenant obligations and stand on their platform to invoke your answers. Pay your tithe. Go for evangelism. Do what is expected of you as a Christian. Faithfully fulfill covenant obligations. You've been asking God to build you a business and you have never built God a soul once. Not one invitation. Nothing. We give instructions for random acts of kindness. You have not done anyone. You are not fulfilling covenant obligations. Or you come with a prayer point. You are wasting your life. Number five. Pray aggressively, pray positively, pray consistently until your result manifests. Rise to your feet. Get up, lift your two hands. I declare over you today, before this week is over, result will begin to come. I said before this week is over, results will begin to come to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lift your hands. Listen, I don't know who you are, but I am telling you that what I just gave you now has solved the problem. As you leave here now, before this week is over, let results follow you. Let breakthrough follow you. Let testimonies follow you. Let answers follow you. In the name of Jesus Christ. We believe you have been blessed by today's message. God's word is spirit and gives life. We urge you today as you have heard these words to make a personal decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you would like to, please say the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come in my life today and forgive all my sins. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of my life and I believe with my heart that you rose from the dead. I am saved. Thank you, Father, for saving me in the name of Jesus. If you just prayed this prayer, congratulations and welcome to the new creation life. We urge you to contact us today to help you understand more about this new life in Christ. For prayers and counseling, email us on prayforme at gicfamily.org. Pray number four 
me at gicfamily.org. God bless you. We encourage you to grow in the study of God's Word through listening and watching more insightful teachings of God's servant, Pastor George Izuma, on our website, gicfamily.org, and on YouTube, Gateway International Church, Lighthouse. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at Gateway Church 1 and like us on Facebook, Gateway International Church, Lighthouse. For further inquiries, please call 908 777 or 0908-777-7713 or write us on info at gicfamily.org God bless you.